0: Michael, let's talk about the wildcard games which you you predicted right.
1: Uh, I th- I did. I'm not I'm not 100% convinced that I predicted them for the right reasons. But okay, takeaways. Takeaways the same.
0: Well, I mean, we I feel like we knew. Everybody knew that the Dodgers were Oh game. yeah. Uh, I think that was clear. And then on the Red Sox Yankees, it it sort of was a coin flip. That you I guess you could give the home field advantage a little bit. You sh- maybe I should have given it a little bit more credence because I think that's what got to Garrett Cole.
1: I think so too. I mean, what what is your general opinion on the five thirty-eight predictions of baseball? Because because they were putting it at like a fifty-five forty-five split with a big boost for Garrett Cole, making the Yankees the favorites. And I looked at oh, that and really? thought Looked at that and thought, like, I don't think Garrett Cole that like deserves that big of a boost in this game.
0: You know, see, that's where you have to you put the model together to give you what the baseline is, and then you say, "Oh, what are we doing here, giving Garrett Cole that much credit?" But then,
1: no. at the, but then at the same time, Red Sox trotting out Nate Eovaldi as their best option, and I was like, "Ooh, that's a I don't I don't love that, but he has been good at home this year."
0: Do, do we have an official word on what we picked for the divisional rounds?
1: we we do have have official words i mean we this is all this was all conversation and i think you eventually
0: did i convince you on milwaukee
1: you convinced me on milwaukee mm-hmm. and that one's looking i you know what i don't i don't feel bad about any of them right now so so we ended up
0: milwaukee has i i think what you so you Want Milwaukee to win, but you feel like the Braves can just win it. And um, I think our pod last week showed that there's a guy that we all everybody forgets about on the Braves. Everyone wants to talk about Acuna, but the heart and soul of the Braves is Freddie Freeman, and he's he, friggin' good. <laughs> he made sure that they won that game the other day, and the Milwaukee team has a lot of. Really good players, no one who's great. If Yelich isn't exactly. be great, they have no one who is great. Exactly. And I gotta say, my fantasy team will tell you that that is not a formula for winning at all. <laughs> a lot of really good players doesn't usually win you the title.
1: So, so we're not sure what to do on Braves and Brewers, but we went for Brewers. But otherwise, we're on we're on paper with Dodgers, Astros, yep. Yep. and I'm kind of bummed. You talked me into Rays, but I, I know why.
0: I did, you know. Oh, I did talk you into Rays. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that might be why the Red Sox are going to win then.
1: But I know why. The yeah. I, exactly. It's. I mean, you know, it's the type of thing where I I texted you explicitly that I thought. Well, I thought the Red Sox were going to win in the first place. You talked to me into it. I want the Red Sox to win, so I understand your reverse jinxing aspect here of pulling for the Rays. Also, the Rays are the better team, but. That doesn't necessarily yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean anything when we get to the divisional round.
0: Well, it's it, yeah, it's the uh, you're modeling out how to win games, and they they will out of 162 games, the Rays will win more. The Red Sox yes. are the kind of team with a with a kind of lineup that could win any game.
1: <laughs> yeah, e- exactly, and we we've talked about that. I mean, we've talked about the strategy of these two teams off and on this year because we talked about how the Red Sox have been just consistent. They brought the same team out, the same guys out. They've got a good, they've got a, you know a good team rapport, yeah. and the Rays did the exact opposite and went for just the craziest things you could do, and it threw everybody off, and they won a bunch of games.
0: But then by the end of the season, they're the te- and by the postseason, they're the team that's more like traditional and, and like, they've got an amazing shortstop. They've got a Rosarena who is, is really good. You're like going through that line. They got Nelly Cruz from you for a just power hungry DH. McClanahan. McClanahan is um,
1: good as well. I do. I do like McClanahan. All right. Well, since it was an international break for football this week, Let's uh talk about football. We, yeah, we actually have really not
0: watched that much football this year.
1: We have not you haven't watched much. We haven't I've actually watched a little bit. We haven't touched base on NFL very much this year, but I would like to say that I think we have a foolproof strategy, which is rooting against or you know, predicting against the Vikings and the Giants, our two teams.
0: Yeah, I just don't <laughs> I just don't think that they're gonna win or beat the spread. Uh, respectively.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, for the most part, we think they're going to lose, I think. And Mm -hmm. then when they're playing a very bad team, they might be able to pull it out by two points. (laughs) The Vikings, at a a spread, were laying a touchdown against the spread, seven and a half, and they managed to pull out a two-point win, 19-17, to against the Lions. Congratulations, guys. That's so Vikings. Congratulations. I, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say about that. Uh, otherwise, I I gotta say, not that exciting of an NFL year. It's kind of what you'd expect, right?
0: How are the cards five and zero? Oh?
1: <laughs> I don't know the card. The cards don't surprise me that much because they just kind of keep doing their thing.
0: They're kind of like the Vikings, where it's like, don't expect them to be to spread. Don't expect it to be anything but a heart attack game.
1: And there they are. They're Plus just making 21. it happen. I for think, for, I mean, for but for the, the top makes team. kind of sense, right? It's Bills, you know, Bills are up there, Buccaneers up there, Chargers may be a little surprising, Rams. I mean, this isn't, it's just not that different from last year. You want to predict a couple games? Uh, I love this Florida Bowl of Dolphins, Jaguars. I'll take the Dolphins. Uh, yeah, come on, obviously. <laughs> are the ja- have the Jaguars won this year? No. Yeah, there you go. They're not going to win next week. Uh, Ravens, Chargers, kind of interesting. I mean, Chargers look pretty good but I think the Ravens might be favored.
0: Short week for the Ravens?
1: Yeah, I'd take the Chargers. All right, so I'm thinking Chargers.
0: Well, I'm, I'm fine with you saying, uh, the Dol- let's say Dolphins, Chargers, and Chiefs.
1: There it is. All right, well, let's talk some fantasy baseball. End of the season, so we're still getting into the swing of analyzing full season statistics. What we're going to do today is take a look at the guys that ended top 30, however we define that, compare a little bit with our rankings, compare a little bit with ADP, kick around a couple ideas for strategy of highlighting guys that we might be able to pick up for a little bit less than top 30 value, but who have a shot at returning top 30 next year. So without further ado, what what's our preferred ranking system for the end of the year for mixing guys together?
0: Well, we <clears throat> I've always had a problem with the uh, the uh, ESPN player Raider. It's never... I, these numbers, 2.48 on runs for Trey Turner, what is that? that?
1: It's the standard deviations. I mean, it, it's statistically well-founded, but they, they really don't do a good job of explaining that.
0: Sure, yeah, sure. Um, full season roto rankings versus I, CBS makes, I mean, because we have been using CBS League for years, it makes total sense to me.
1: <laughs> CBS is a complete black box. <laughs> Uh, they picked their rankings. I know, but I like recognize
0: it. I know, you know. Same. There's there are other modeling systems where it's just like I I just know what the results are and I know how to like you know take them and and package them. So the difference is here's the top three in um, CBS: Vlad Guerrero, Bo Bichette, Bo Bichette, Trey Turner, and in the Player Raider at ESPN: Trey Turner, Bo Bichette, starling
1: Marte I mean Marte's in there because he had the monster stolen bases outlier
0: I mean so Michael I think it's pretty clear we our rankings had Trey Turner third so which one do we
1: like better <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay um what do, what do we predict for uh for Marte stolen bases 25 what do you end up with
0: See, also, you can't you can't find that in that when you're that
1: part. I agree. That part is is incredibly frustrating. Well, he ended up with forty seven. Okay, so that's not <laughs> not great.
0: Wow, the green light was on for him.
1: Not great, it? but we weren't. We weren't. You know, wrong, wrong.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, so let's see. Let's go through pitchers. Really had a down year, didn't they?
1: On the player rate, are you talking about?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, usually there's like one of the top, like two of the top pitchers are, two of the top five players end up being pitchers. Right. And this year, yeah. the first one in, in CBS is Max Scherzer at 13, and he's number five in ESPN. Does that tells you a little bit different about their ratings.
1: Right. But what that says, I mean, for the most part, is that, uh, is that Flat. there was a little bit more average in pitching, there were no extreme yeah. outliers. Whereas, yeah,
0: flatter yeah. distribution is. I I should have I should have said that that. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's see. Uh, ESPN has Trey Turner, Bo Bichette, Starling Marte, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Max Scherzer, Jose Ramirez, Fernando Tatis, Shohei Otani, Walker Buehler, Liam Hendricks. Let's go top twelve. Cedric Mullins and Zach Wheeler.
1: So I guess the I guess the real question in that list is. How well did people predict Mullins?
0: Mullins. Yeah. Mullins is the one that came out of
1: nowhere. So can you give me can you give me his full season numbers? I want to look at our
0: uh Cedric no, Mullins was five eighty eight in Fantasy Pros rankings preseason.
1: We had him five Mullen. we had him five ninety two. But I can give you our not much better, big boy. Well, here's our here's our main problem. Plate appearances, two eighty two. Oh okay. So since everything is linear, I mean, well, to be fair, since everything's linear, we can boost that. So even if you multiply that by a factor of two, we only forecast him for six home runs and 12 stolen bases. (laughs) So we messed up. We had nothing on Cedric Mullins.
0: Oh, so he got to 30-30. Wow. Yes, he did. He got 30-30, 291. Um, He had 59 RBIs and ninety (laughs) one (laughs)
1: runs. So the question is, is there a ranking system? I guess, you know, listening to those top 12, the one that strikes me is Cedric Mullins. So is there a ranking system that would have allowed you to get Cedric Mullins? And I kind of think no. No, no, there's,
0: uh, you can't. Yeah. A five-star prospect who floundered for a couple of years and is on a bad team where is the ranking how is the ranking system going to be able to predict that he was going to be a top twelve player?
1: yeah, it's, I mean, it's a good question. Like obviously, we've talked about our ranking system in the past and it's so contingent on previous performance. and the main shortcoming of that the the most demonstrable shortcoming of that is the fact that we couldn't forecast we couldn't uh, forecast junior this year because he had no track record that we could that we could use
0: right, right. because so the way that you forecast a season, of the MLB forecast is two different ways. You have scouting and you have the stats department. I don't think either one of those would have been able to predict Mullins because the fantasy folks who go on the scouting, nobody had Mullins. Yeah. And then the ones who are going on the stats, nobody had Mullins. The only way that you possibly could have had him is if you had an understanding of how many plate appearances he would have during the season and you were forecasting him based on who you thought he was going to be three years ago. When people were like, if you were to have the straight line of his MLB go from what, like three, four years ago. when I was like, this guy is going to be a good player. Cedric Mullins was talked about. Yep. Oh, yeah. So I, I just, he's not a player that you can predict. <clears throat> now, the opposite is probably too for, well, it's similar for Otani, right? Because everybody yeah. everybody's liked him yeah i like him it was just a question can you get to can, can you get to a meaningful amount of innings pitched or at bats and he did 537 i mean that 537 at bats meant 103 runs 46 home runs 100 rbis a 257 seven average 26 to one basis if you're able to say, what? How many at bats did we have him for at the beginning of the season?
1: We had him down for 479.
0: We had him for a lower average, much lower home runs.
1: Yeah.
0: Runs, RBIs, and low and stolen bases. How so, many,
1: how many innings pitched he, did he get to? Do you have his? Do you have that number in front of you? Oh, we didn't have his innings. Oh, we do have him. We, we do separate him out. Yeah. In. Uh, let's. see. See. We actually liked him better as a pitcher than a hitter, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Oh, we're at, we're actually
0: not that bad. So 130 innings. What did we have him for? 83. Oh, okay, nine wins. What do we have
1: them for? Two. So we just we just thought they would 156 be 156 Ks. You said 156 Ks. Yeah, we got 102. 3.18 ERA. 3.25. Not too bad. 1.09 whip. 1.13.
0: Okay, yeah, so if we were to extrapolate out those Ks.
1: We would have gotten there.
0: We would have gotten close. Wins are a cluster. Jeez. But yeah, if we add another almost another what? Two thirds. Well, we would have added another win. But I mean this is this two. is
1: interesting because I mean that suggests that we that the consensus on innings pitched and plate appearances that we were low on both sides. That you know, we we fundamentally thought there was going to be a slightly different usage for Otani, and that makes it hard to predict.
0: Well, I think that everybody was forecasting in a, a two more DL stints.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. exactly. So I guess maybe one of the things to do, and injuries. One of the things that might be interesting to do is to look at a correlation between preseason rankings and preseason predictions for plate appearances or innings pitched, and see how that correlates with postseason
0: oh season, right? yeah it's, no that is probably good if we're able to say okay these are the guys really they correlated really well with their uh <laughs> these guys correlate really well with the preseason at bats right which guys underperformed overperformed yeah or were right on we're pretty close yeah that would be a good analysis
1: I think that's a yeah, that's a pretty nice analysis I mean because that says a lot about because our rankings are completely contingent on predictions for innings pitched and and plate appearances
0: Well not completely but they are no they're not completely that's the whole point is that we we use that um, as the main driver because we want to understand the innings pitched and and plate appearances, so we can update in the middle of the season. Like, so we could have had if we had Cedric Mullins per yeah. plate appearance early in the season, and it was like, oh, he's going to bat number one, and he's not going to get hurt. Then we could say, oh, well, let's update our preseason predictions, yep. so we can say, okay, this is this is the guy that we're supposed to target.
1: Yeah, that would have been a better idea. <laughs> I mean obviously i think the, I think part of the holy grail of this of working on our ranking system is that idea of the the in season ratings change and that's that's got to be part of my off season project i think
0: no, we need to automate it we need to automate it based on week one here's what we have for the rest of the season here's the here's the, our delta
1: yeah i mean that's it's not it's not that far off from it, i think
0: wow. <sighs> See, this is, I mean, this is where the pitching is so wild. In CBS, Corbin Burns is the number six pitcher on here, and he's ranked 35th.
1: Wow. I mean, that that just tells, well, that's really interesting. Okay, can you, I was actually just looking at Corbin Burns, so I'm really curious, because we, we ranked him preseason at 212, pretty low. I wonder how much of this is driven by the innings pitch total of 142 that was originally predicted.
0: Uh, not as much as you would like because he got to one sixty seven. Ah,
1: we we did forecast him for one hundred and ninety one strikeouts in those forty two innings, though. Two thirty four. Yeah. Well, scaled. Scale it. What was our er? What was our era? Well, me? ERA is going to be the bad one. So four point six three.
0: Yeah, two point four two. Now here you ah. go with the scouting piece, but this is this is sort of a scouting and stats because from the statistics last year where it's like oh he got it based on the scouting I mean it's that's where the marriage really takes that's where the teams really do well is where they're able to have a scouting department that informs the set stats department so you can say there's a change I believe in this change look at the stats going forward from here which we when we're looking at everybody for the whole season and like, Names don't matter; they're just unique identifiers. But then it's you know we're gonna wash some of that out. How do we do on Robbie Ray? Well, thirty seven.
1: we did the same. We did the same thing we always do on Robbie Ray. What do you What do you want from him? We ranked him at 134. We gave okay. his We gave his strikeout band because remember we had uncertainties. Median 221, but we forecast him from 215 to 230 on K's. 248. Yeah. Well we had 159, only 159 innings. Yeah.
0: 193. What was this what was this ERA,
1: Robbie Ray? 284. Buff. Oh, 379. That's not it's not good.
0: 104 Whip.
1: We gotta we gotta boost these I gotta boost these uncertainties in ERA and whip. We're just not well, I need to do the analysis. But just looking at these, <clears> you know, scanning these again. I'm feeling like the uncertainty bands I, in ERA and whip are too small. But,
0: but there you go. That's another player where it's like, how did he do that? His,
1: <laughs> yeah, his,
0: his, uh before that he had never had a whip lower than one point one five, and that's an outlier because he's like a one point three, one point three and change bro, for his career. So, I, I mean, that is...
1: Yeah, and so obviously that's where we're going to predict him. So, I mean, right. Continue. Okay, so we just talked about two pitchers that vastly outperformed their their uh, predictions, and even the uncertainties on their predictions. Is yeah. there anything that we can do to forecast these guys? We talked, about, we talked about Cedric Mullins. I think you're telling me that Corbin Burns, and I agree, is a scouting guy. Robbie Ray, not a scouting guy. He's been around for a while. We kind of, we're supposed to know... What we're getting at with Robbie Ray? So why what
0: changed? I don't know in Toronto this year. How? I would love listeners call in and (laughs) and tell us what changed this year in Toronto that last year had gone so poorly.
1: Okay. Last thing I want to talk about. We've had a good shoot around here. I just want to run through the pitchers that we ranked in the top. I'm going to go a little bit deeper just because we tend to value we tend to value pitchers lower. Our first pitcher in the rankings. Was Jacob Degrom at at eighteen? So we had in order: Degrom, Cole, Bieber, <laughs> Trevor Bauer, Clayton Kershaw, Hyunjin Ryu, Walker Bueller, Max Scherzer, Aaron Nola, Kyle Hendricks, Yu Darvish. I'm not I'm not that mad about that, but we did miss some key guys. If you're running down the player radar or CBS,
0: well, I so if we're pretty confident that list is not bad that's not that's not a bad list if you're drafting them in a good spot if you're reaching for those guys and well i mean you're screwed right but if you were if you're grabbing those at at an appropriate spot then that's actually a pretty good list right but then we've got cbs says shohei scherzer bueller wheeler urias burns ray cole gosman yeah Hendricks. Wayne I don't I don't know how many that is, but that's what what I what do we want to do on the pit? Do we want to predict the guys who are going to weigh out who are going to outperform? I don't think that's what we're trying to do with our preseason rankings. I think what we're trying to do is you're trying to give the like this is the baseline. If you think that a player has had a change or is going to outperform. You now know what the baseline is for all of these players.
1: That's I that's an interesting reinterpretation of our rankings. And actually I think that is, I think you're exactly right. That is the way that we should sell our rankings. So because I
0: got Wheeler in TGFBI because we had a pretty good, this is like this is where he should be. This is what the value he should be is. And I saw that in the pictures. It was like everybody's under. Why is everybody understating what he can do? And he just showed up for six months and was Zach Wheeler, which was like a little bit better than everybody had predicted. And he way outperformed. Yeah, that's the kind of player that I want us to be able to get. Is like you're at number. What was he? What what was his? What was
1: his? What was his ADP? We had him ranking eighty-four
0: fantasy pros has um, Wheeler at 94. So I got him at like 84 in in TGFBI and around that in the 80s. And I was like, okay, this is good. I like this. Zach Wheeler, he's going to go out there for, I think that he's going to get 190 innings. We had him at 179. I kind of thought that was low. We were pretty low in all the innings. Pitch. Yep. I, was like, I think that he's going to be able to go out there and pitch. And he did. And he, you know, that's the kind of, those are the guys we want to kind of highlight slightly above where they're supposed to be in ADP. We're helping people to, to highlight.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm starting to come around with, in our fourth year of, of producing rankings, we have finally figured out how to tell people what's happening with our rankings. <laughs> or how, how to appropriately use our, our rankings and predictions.
0: I think that about brings us to the review session. Andres Jimenez
1: as I said before, it's a good thing that we waited till the end of the season because he didn't play early on. But after being traded from the Mets in the off season, he appeared in sixty-eight games for Cleveland this year, two hundred and ten plate appearances, twenty-three runs, five home runs, sixteen RBIs, eleven stolen bases, and a two mm-hmm. eighteen average. We gotta keep an eye on this guy for stolen bases.
0: Yeah, especially in
1: Cleveland. Ah, that's a known known running spot.
0: I, I, my men more, yes, yeah. I think they do run a little bit more, also because what is it? What's happening in Cleveland? <laughs> you know that team went to the World Series, and then all of their pitchers ended up getting hurt. And then over the last couple of years, there's been this just, you know, they had that one year where they they made the playoffs, but then it's just been like sell. They've been sell city.
1: It's it's a weird one. I mean, yeah. So okay. So I should I should be fair. Andres Jimenez was was up for April and May, and then he went down, mm-hmm. and he showed up again back in in uh, oh, mid August, like, yeah. and uh, mid that's when he really sort of made hay. Yeah. He didn't. Did he? Did he do anything in April, May? No. Those are painful. Those are two painful months. Oof.
0: Hit by pitch love
1: watching <laughs> love watching hit by pitch yeah what? what about what about this guy 511 161 i don't know do you buy that no
0: <laughs> i think the 161 might be close to right
1: i think maybe probably like 510 maybe yeah I, I don't know i'm not i'm not so sure uh yeah i mean i think this this is again we're in a we're in a big series here where guys that i would consider sleepers to pick up next year um, uh uh-huh. but I bet, I bet Jimenez is gonna get sleeper hype. He's only twenty three. Good, right? Yeah, he's
0: got, yeah, he's got some skills. He well, he has enough there to make it interesting. And if you think that the playing time is going to be high, then you see, like, we go, we go back to what we were saying earlier in the podcast, which is statistically, he's got some stats that say that he's a guy that should be in the consideration then scouting-wise, you have to focus on the scouting-wise. Will he have the opportunity? Which on that team, he very well might. I don't think he's going to play shortstop, though.
1: I would be surprised, but he should retain eligibility, right? Yes.
0: Uh, uh, Let us take a look. He got how many games left? Ah, see, yeah, second. Um, He played 42 games at short, 25 games at second. What is Jose playing these days?
1: I don't know. I, I don't think that they have a set. I mean, mostly shortstop, I thought.
0: Third. He's playing third now.
1: Is he? He's third all the way.
0: Yeah. Last year, this year. He's been third for a while. It's kind of too bad. <clears throat> yeah. Jose Ramirez is five five nine one ninety. 190. I think that if Andres spends a lot of time with Jose, if, if that weight is going to
1: go up. Yeah. <laughs> that that's an interesting take i I don't disagree
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i i think he's going to be a player that's going to be fun to watch he's going to be a player that in spring training that we're going to have to get a good sense he he might not make the team next year he might be their starting shortstop
1: i i agree i think i think he's going to get i think he's going to get sleeper hype but the the buzz line the tagline is going to be if he plays (laughs)
0: yeah if he plays with the depth chart here. Who's supposed to be shortstop? Oh, Ahmed Rosario. Who's this? Oh, he's... So he's listed on... ESPN has him listed as the second baseman. Okay. On the depth chart. All right. Starting Let's second see it. baseman. Fantasy-wise, that could be helpful for him, especially if he could have dual eligibility.
1: I will take a late-round flyer on him. I think. Yeah. Very late. TGFBI. Oh, yeah. This is a TGFBI. This is a guy that could swing some stuff in tgfbi for you i know i highly
0: doubt that he's gonna be a cedric mullins
1: well he doesn't have the power but
0: well, cedric mullins doesn't have the power for three home runs
1: uh, you mean you make a good point we'll see what happens we'll see <laughs> i'm very curious you know when we do the way too early rankings i'm gonna pay special attention to cedric mullins okay this this was not supposed to be a cedric mullins review andre Jimenez, are you gonna take a sleeper on him you think he's you think he's a sleeper flyer late round
0: i will take a flyer on him as a sleeper yeah uh, potentially, we'll see. Potentially,
1: if yeah. the if if the time is right, and you know, now that I've now that I've said this, there's no way that he starts the season in the MLB next year or something.
0: <laughs> he's a, he's a good player to take a flyer on though, um, because he's going to be high um, high reward, but also it's going to be pretty clear if he like doesn't make the roster on opening day. Well, like okay, well let's drop him. <laughs> Pay attention
1: on the wayfire. That is absolutely true. All
0: right. Who are we doing next week? Willie Castro. Willie Castro. It is. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy.
1: Worst of luck to you, too.